What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to the Carmine Davis Show this week. How are you? How you feeling? I'm good. I just woke up from a bomb nap. I haven't taken a nap in... I'll take maybe a nap maybe like once a month, but I don't know why I don't take one on a daily. I, I just cannot sleep normally, like during the day. There's so much stuff to be doing. So my phone's always going off or some people need something or the dogs or something. It's always something going on. But if you're tuning in for the first time or you're a casual listener, you just nosy, hit the follow button, subscribe and rate this podcast. I don't do it just for you to be nosy i want you to come back i want you to get the little notifications i want you to hear us every week be a friend and a fan not a nosy supersonic bitch but anyway if you don't know what supersonic is you might be not in the culture as much as you should be to be listening to this show so don't even bother move on but anyway so we always start the show with a hot topic and I've been kind of on the fence. I've been thinking about it, like, since, like, last week. What do I want to talk about? Like, what am I going to talk about? What do we want to talk about? What do we want to talk about? I try to shy away from certain things, like particular people, cultural vultures who are now stealing black men from black women um, and being rude and insensitive about the situation. Um, so I won't be talking about that. But I do want to say that... Um, that particular person is disgusting, but not because of the, him dating, um, taking the black man from the black woman, because it happens every day. Men leave their, their wives for other women and sometimes other men. It happens. It's not okay. May, I may or may not have been, um, part of that kind of entanglement before. I'm not very proud of it. You don't see me flaunting it. It is not something to be proud of, whatever. But we're not giving that particular person, that particular racist, bigot, disgusting individual any ratings. We're going to go on to something else about... Something that is actually important that happened this week. Um, The 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse arrested for homicide after killing two protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, if you are not familiar with this, um, the armed shooter in Kenosha, Wisconsin, who shot and killed at least two protesters who were demanding justice for Jacob Blake, has been captured by the cops after they initially let him walk away like like walk away after shooting these people um under the guise of he was protecting the police officers from these protesters he took his gun and he shot them and they literally was like all right thanks bro you know we'll take it from here and they let him walk away um, according to the court records he was booked for first degree homicide and of course the story is coming from lovebscott.com um, and if you're not familiar with the degrees of homicide, um, you know, they are different in each state. And I decided just because for shits and giggles, I decided to look up the differences between murder degrees in Wisconsin um, and the difference between murder and homicide charges. OK, so intentional versus unintentional homicide in Wisconsin under this 
Section 940 of the Wisconsin Statutes. First degree intentional homicide is defined as causing the death of another human being or an unborn child with intent to kill the person or another. First degree intentional homicide is a class A felony which carries the potential for life imprisonment. No death penalty, I guess. They don't just give them the chair anymore like they used to. Um, second degree intentional. I'm I'm joking. I'm not about them. I'm really not about the electric chair. But second degree intentional homicide is defined similarly. In order to mitigate a first degree offense to a second degree offense, the defendant must present one of four affirmative partial defenses. One, adequate provocation. Provocation, I'm sorry. Death was caused where something which the defendant reasonably believes the intended victim has done, which causes the defendant to lack self-control completely at the time of causing death, and which is sufficient to cause complete lack of self-control in an ordinarily constituted person. Okay. Two, unnecessary defensive force. Death was caused because the actor believed he or she or another was in an imminent danger of death or great bodily harm and that the force used was necessary to defend the endangered person if either belief was unreasonable. Prevention of a felony. Death was caused because the actor believed in that the force used was necessary in the exercise of the privilege to prevent or terminate the commission of a felony if that belief was unreasonable. Coercion or necessity. Death was caused under circumstances in which the defendant believed that his or her act was the only means of preventing an imminent public disaster, imminent death, or great bodily harm to the actor or another. Secondary intentional homicide is a class B felony carrying a prison sentence up up to 60 years. Okay. Unintentional homicide. Homicide by intoxicated use of vehicle or firearm. The death can cause the death of another by the operating operation of handling of a vehicle while under the influence of an intoxicant. It is also considered unintentional homicide to cause the death of another under certain circumstances involving intoxication or prohibited alcohol concentration. Reckless homicide established the crimes of first degree and second degree reckless homicide. First degree reckless homicide can be charged as either. All of this. I want to know up to what degree. First degree homicide, yes. But how are they going to get us? How are they going to piss us off about this? Are they going to first degree under the mean, whatever. But I guess first degree is first degree. It appears he's been assigned to a public defender and is set to appear in court for an extradition hearing later this week. I kind of wonder if the video, if, of course, if the video had not gone viral, would he, you know, I don't even have to wonder anymore. I think the constant um, proof 
is enough for me. No, if this man had not gone viral and people did not have questions, if they weren't impeding on the Wisconsin Police Department and asking questions, I'm just lucky. I guess we're lucky that he's not a cop because then they would have defended him like uh, fucking uh, like a baby mama or some shit like that. Like to get a police fired and held accountable is like an act of Congress, literally. Like, I mean, like, damn, like, you know what I mean? Like you do the crime, you do the time. Unless you got a badge and then they gonna protect your ass. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. If y'all are a gang, just say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's, 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 it's almost like a joke. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, a police officer could run in my house and shoot the shit out of me off a of suspicion that I had a fucking, um, I walked out on a, a check at a local Olive Garden and... Nothing can happen. Nothing. Like and I feel like I hate when people defend the police's act the police actions because you I don't know. I feel like people think that policemen equal hitmen or that they are the the judge and the jury and the executioner. They are to hold us in, until we have our court date. They are a middle ground. They are not they're not supposed to just be shooting niggas in the street. Get that out of your head, white people. Like, and black people, oh, they shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have been that. Everybody is somewhere at some point in time. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make any sense? That doesn't mean that you get to, you don't get to live to tell about it. We all make mistakes. We all are. That's why police officers are there. The point is you're supposed to protect us until we get to that point. So we have a fair trial until, well, it's a quote unquote fair, but I mean, it's in the Miranda rights. It's that's, that's the thing that they're supposed to be saying to you while they pull you in the, in the car and hold you uh, for in fucking jail until you sober up until your lawyer. These are so many steps that are supposed to be taken before they blast your back out. Because you were in a Wendy's parking lot trying to get a four for four. There are so many steps missing which are infringing on these people's rights consecutively. Over and over and over and over again. He had a taser. He had a history of violence and blah, 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 blah. So do these fucking officers. There are so many steps that are supposed to happen that just get thrown out of the window when you're a darker shade completely conveniently thrown out of the window they're putting their fucking knees on your neck killing you on the side of the highway and getting away with it and now they got people in the streets blasting for them in protests damn near getting away with it that is was that's it's a gang if y'all are on gangland just say that just say that if you're in a gang just say that if you are if this is a genocide just say that i hear all the time about how all cops aren't bad and that is true that is true i guess you know and then they speak out and then boom they're gone
they're moved. They, you would think that they were the ones that were killing people in the street. The way they are fired, the way they are dismissed, the way they are moved to another precincts, precinct. Like it, it's, it's insane. But anyway, this is so sad. That it's becoming routine. Like it's, it's, it's insane. It's so it's like it's it's utterly insane. Like so many things have become normalized and that are bizarre. That shouldn't be happening, that we're just like, okay, whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. Like, this is crazy. But anyway, subscribe, follow, like, and rate this podcast with that in mind. Um What are we going to do, y'all? You know? What are we going to do? Are we going to be able to see the change in our lifetime? Are we... What the hell? I know, I, I know change, hopefully, will really... I don't think, of course... There have been racists way before Trump, but come November, they'll cower a little bit. I don't know. Hopefully we can we can vote some people out and some things can start shaking. Some tables can start shaking. I don't know. I don't know anymore. But anyway, let's just kind of oof, shake, 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 Shanora. Check it off. We go to the second segment of the show, which is the artist spotlight, where we spotlight musical contribu contributions and comparisons. We do all kind of fun stuff during this segment. And this one is for Brandy and Monica, who are having a versus this week. When is their versus? It will be August the 31st. On, of course, Instagram, Brandy and Monica are going head-to-head -head in a hit battle. And I have not spoken publicly about the Versus series, my viewpoints, my vantage points, what I think. But I feel like a lot of people are always so confused by the Versus. These are hit battles. But anyway, let's just, let's, let's talk about this Brandy and Monica versus, for some reason, let's act like you're kind of slow and you don't know why it's important. I like to assume that people don't know because a lot of people actually think they do and they don't. But Brandy and Monica have been each other's only rivalry since the 90s. They, they're the only two that could do what the other one does. Just as well, I, I aside from Aaliyah, but even Aaliyah vocally was a, in a different lane than Brandy and Monica. These were Whitney's babies. You know what I'm saying? Like these were direct descendants of Whitney Houston. They were friends with Whitney. Whitney and Monica were cool in the streets. Brandy and Monica were cool in the industry. Like they, they were literally the yin and yang of Whitney Houston. They had her best features. Um, these women are dynamic. They're, they're iconic. But to me, what bothers me about these two is that they are better together, whether they like it or not. Like, people cannot mention the other one without the other. Like, they are damn near a duo. They're two solo artists that are a duo. A dynamic duo because of the boy's mind. 
And, you know, of course, Monica assaulted Brandy during the VMA, before the VMA performance in 97. Um, but I don't know for sure if Brandy doesn't, didn't have it coming. coming. I don't believe in violence, but Brandy is a firecracker. Don't let her confuse you with this whole, oh, oh, you know, blah, 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 you know, um, you know, I'm Brandy, I'm Cinderella, no, you know, don't, don't. Brandy's mouth is reckless. Um, she has been shady towards Monica. Um, since the incident, she was shady before it. It was Brandy's song that she worked with Rodney Jerkins, and she wrote co-wrote the song. They were looking for a collaborator. She's like, "Let's make it a duet. Let's make it a duet." They reached out to Monica, and Monica came on it. Then there became a split about who. To me, at, at that time, it was a healthy competition. Like, it's not like it is now where a bitch can't breathe without being compared to Beyonce. Like, when Beyonce breathes from her diaphragm, Tanache breathes from her nose. You know, like, it's, it's, it's sick now. But back then, it was kind of like a healthy competition. You know, because they, they were both equally yoked. They were... It was they were had hits under their belt. It was pound for pound for pound. We enjoyed seeing both of those girls thrive, but they were always mentioned in each other's name. And it was to me, I guess, I guess, because I wasn't in it. You know what I mean? Like I can say that I think it was a respectable competition. It's a respectable mention. That was somebody. If Monica, if I was Brandy and they mentioned Monica, I wouldn't be like who. You know what I mean? Like it would be. Uh, you know, yeah, she is good, huh? Like, you know, like, they are both very, very well. But at 17, 18, up into their mid-20s, late 30s, even to this day, I didn't think that this would happen because they don't see it for each other at all. I think Brandy harbors um, the most um, animosity, Clearly, she throws shades at throws shade at her in song. She throws shade at her in concert. She and Monica wants us to believe that she played that she's playing the high ground, but it's probably because she, you know she smacked the shit out of her before her performance. You know, ninety seven. I feel like you know how you you got your your word in. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to argue no more. You you said what you you said what you said, Monica said what she said gunica she slapped the shit out of you girl and that's it you sat up there and you cried you were upset cool but you heard what the fuck i said i feel like that's monica's take on it brandy has always kind of proved that she i think she felt like a little punked out by monica and she never really liked it so she consecutively she's always doing things to prove that she is not afraid of monica she's not She's a better than Monica, and I will disagree. I think this versus is probably one of the most equally yoked verses um, since Jagged Edge and um, well, 112. They both had hits. They, I feel like they both had the equal amount of hits. They're hardly ever really verses that I get a lot of the times like some majority of them yeah but there's some I'm just like like Snoop Dogg and who was it Snoop and um DMX I was like what the hell did they they have in common like Snoop had 
a long list of hits, like a long going list of hits. DMX has hits too, but I guess they're, they were both dogs. They have, I don't know, like they both had the dog kind of aesthetic going on. I don't know. I didn't get that one. I didn't, I didn't understand that one. I didn't, I understood Erica and Jill Scott's verses, but I felt their song choices weren't hit to hit. I felt like they were just maybe more of a spiritual song. Like these are the songs that touched me, but I feel like Erica got on, got on Jill Scott's head and it, sh it should not have been that easy of a, a battle. Jill's got hits, hits. But these two, Brandy and Monica, it's a throwdown. <laughs> it's a throwdown. And I feel like what's really great about it is it's also a reminder to each other's fan base. It's like, no, she's not. We are both. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we both got them. Brandy's got hits from the 90s. When she, when Brandy starts, she, from her first album, Brandy's got it. And the same thing with Monica. She got best friend. She's got um, heartbroken. She's got um, Monica's got. Uh, I promise I'm not being shady. Monica's got um, just one of those days. Don't take it personal. Let's look it up. You know, but don't get it twisted. Brandy has sold more than Monica, but that's because Brandy had the popular pop more pop hits but it's not by much she's not killing her okay so we got brandy's first album which um sold two million worldwide six million copies and it had the songs um, i want to be down baby best friends and broken hearted so monica's first album this thing went three times platinum um in the U R I A. it went golden mc I don't know how much it sold worldwide, but it was one of the most successful R&B female vocalists, vocal selling albums of all time. Debut. She had, um, don't take it personal before you walk out of my life, like this and like that. And why I love you so much. Come on. Then Brandy had Never Say Never, which sold approximately... I'm trying to get there. <laughs> she sold four, almost five million in the United States. She sold three hundred thousand in the United Kingdom. She sold a good bit. Canada four hundred thousand. She it was damn near um, ten million records worldwide. She boasted from this album is when she was not to be fucked with. Brandy was Brandy. The boy is mine. Top of the world. Have you ever? Angel in Disguise almost doesn't count. You don't know me like you used to, which is one of my favorite Brandy songs. Everything I do is for you. I do it for you and never say never. Brandy came back and did The Boy Is Mine, which is another issue that they have. She named her album after the song that she was invited on. So I, from what I've gathered, that is caused friction between them. That album, of course, you had the Space Jam theme. Because I'm saying, Brandy wasn't little. Like, you know, she didn't little girl her. You know, she has some hits. This album sold 3 million records in the United States. It sold 60,000 in the United Kingdom. 
100,000 in Japan, 100,000 in France, 300,000 in Canada. And it boasted the boy is mine, the first night, which is my boom, doom, 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 Y'all know that's my song. Angel of Mine, Inside, which I love, Street Symphony, Hits, and of course, the Space Jam hit the iconic hit for You, I Will. Okay, but anyway, this is when things start getting a little muddy. For the girls. Okay, Full Moon, which I feel like is Brandy's magnum opus. Brandy's magnum opus. It is, to me, I think, you can't argue that this is when we discuss great R&B albums and then every girl comes and brings in their best work. Brandy can say, Full Moon. And the girls are like, oh. <gasps> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, she had Michael Jackson singing in her background her background he did vocal backgrounds for her anyway it sold a million copies united kingdom is sold a hundred thousand copies japan is sold a hundred thousand copies and it sold in canada fifty thousand copies it boasted what about us full moon and he is which are all iconic karaoke songs these are good songs and the whole album is banging that whole album is everything so monica didn't really release anything for a little while afterwards but she released all eyes on me in 2002 which kind of you know it didn't do well um but it had all eyes on me and two hood when i step in the club all eyes on me. and then um she released just another girl from the down earth soundtrack so hits those were hits then all right this is when shit kind of gets a little you know brand monica come on back you know like they they're grown you know now it's time to separate it's time to talk about some woman shit who gonna sell aphrodisiac another crown in the brandy crown like a jewel in the brandy crown like aphrodisiac is every fucking thing that album was so ahead of its time i would almost say the only album i can compare aphrodisiac to style wise as far as how ahead of its time it was that people can literally go back you could have the best producer go back and try to do music like it and they will never be able to do it. it's Aaliyah's album her last one they're different and sonically, but they're the same as far as being so ahead of this time and being so lush. I could, like, I, I discuss all the time about how I can almost bite music, like I can see it. And Aphrodisiac is that album for me. It was, it's like a hug. It was, she was really going through some things. But anyway, hits. Now, we all know Aphrodisiac sold... Like it was like gold, right? Let me see. Yep, gold in the United States, sixty thousand in the United Kingdom, and a hundred thousand in Japan. So it didn't reach a million sales, you know. But whatever, who cares? It so had talk about our love. Who is she to you in Aphrodisiac? The first two were hits, and if she wanted to throw something else for the fan in that track list listing in the verses, she could. She could give us focus. She can give us Say You Will, Come As You Are, Should I Go. She can give us anything and bitches will 
Shut up. Oh, I know that one. But then, Monica, <laughs> Goonica, Monica the Goon, released in 2003 after the storm, which is, I think, her magnum opus. I think after the storm was everything. And I don't think they have updated this. She has sold, yeah, it went platinum. I thought so. The album has sold a million copies in the United States. And it released um, So Gone. It, it Boom, 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 boom. That's when it's over. So gone over you, 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 you. Boom, 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 boom. It's over with. Doom, doom, boom, 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 boom. It's over. Brandy can go ahead and kind of take that lick. It's a big lick. That's a big lick. So Gone is iconic. Every so year that song gets another um, reassurgence. Then she got Knock Knock, Get It Off, and You Should Have Known Better. That's it. And then she has the, um, she has that, she could say that she she was number one. She's the one that Beyonce, she beat Beyonce for number one on that chart that week. So there's that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like she can easily she she kept Beyonce from the number one spot. That's bragging rights right there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like dangerously love. So let's move on. Brandy released um The Best of Brandy. Then she released Human, which we we will put, I will want I want her to put right here departed in that. Because that was a that was a hit. <laughs> right here departed was a radio Disney hit. It was a it was a it was a big song. It was kind of a, it was a big video. It was a big song. Especially in the dance chart. It was it was a huge song on the hot dance play. She could put that there. It's the top 40. It was a top 40 hit. People don't know the difference between hits and Pete's songs that you like. To me, a hit is a top 40 single on the Billboard Hot 100 or a top 20 R and B song. That's a hit. It don't have to be number one to be a hit. It is a hit. It's number one somewhere. So Brandy gave us that. Monica double-backed and she gave us, I think, then she, I feel like this brought her next Brandy. Monica had the makings of me. And three years later, ho. Ho, side mine, ho. And to me, this, I, I could go on and on and I'm going to say it again. She had every time the beat dropped, which is an Atlanta staple. What she did on uh, every time the beat drops should be in books. Do you fucking hear me? It should be in musical. People should be studying that. They should be discussing it. They should be honoring her. Nobody was getting on those beats like that. She sung on those songs and that beat. Nobody had done it before that. Then afterwards, you had Cherish. You had Nivea. You had Sierra. You had all these girls coming in and they knew what to do with those beats. At first, it was cute. You know, eh, eh, eh. Monica came in and, and sung on every time the beat drops. Okay? She did that. Then she, Monica released Still Standing, which was her crown and jewel but then 
Brandy released 211. At this point, you know, Monica, Brandy has put it down, but Brandy is still, I mean, I mean, Brandy has put it down, but Monica has hits now. She's still coming out with hits. She had still standing, love all over me, here I am. It's over. Lesson learned, it's over with. It's an equally yoked fight. I think after that, they need to just kind of close the book. You know, don't, let's not even look at the rest of the discography for Christ's sake. You know, like, just, just drop it right there. But what my point is that they are equally yoked when it comes to this battle. I'm so sick of staying culture and them trying to act like Brandy and got hits or Monica and got hits. They are equally yoked. They have the exact same amount of hits. They have the exact amount of impact. Like, it's just about who you are more partial to, whose music touches you more. I don't know who who I love more. I love both of them. I listen to Brandy maybe a little bit more because Brandy's songs were bigger to me. I love Brandy's, I feel like Brandy's vocal contribu contributions is significant, far more significant than Monica's vocal contributions, but... That's not to take away from Monica's vocal contribution. Monica is a direct, um, she's a daughter of Whitney. You know what I mean? Like nobody is still getting those vocals the way and like Whitney would have done it. Nobody. Not your fave. They, it's with this, this dignity and this diction and this solidarity in her vocal talent. She can sing. She can sing. She can sing. But Brandy is an arranger. She is a composer. She is the vocal Bible. So vocally, Brandy, vocal arrangement and vocal legacy and vocal intricacy, Brandy has got her. She, she's got her hit to hit. It's a fair fight. But anyway, what do you think? I know it's, it's got to be split. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a split. It's a split decision. Like a fucking IHOP menu. Like, neither one of these girls win, but I'm excited to do the verses with these girls because you could see that yourself, that these girls, oh, I feel like they are the type of women that you forget. They're hits, that they actually had joints. Like, they had joints, both of them. Great music, timeless music. And I'm excited about it. This is like the, maybe the only verses that I'm extremely excited about. I won't be watching it because I have shit to do. But I love that it's happening for both of them. And I can't wait for to see the surgeons of their cells, people dusting off those CDs and remembering their contributions. But anyway, let me know who you are voting for, who you think is going to take the crown, even though there's no real crown. They both win. It's not a fight, whatever. But tweet me at Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Email me at show at Carmine Davis at gmail.com. Oh, wait. No, Carmine Davis show at gmail.com. That's my email. And let me know. But let's move on to the next segment, the final segment, the love and relationship segment, which tends to be my favorites. Well, it's not my favorite. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> it's the one that I have the most fun with because it's I learn through these segments too thanks to people like cosmopolitan.com 
And if you're just tuning in for whatever reason, your sister was listening to this and now you're sitting down and who the fuck is this girl talking on the, make sure you follow, subscribe, comment, and like this podcast. I ain't doing it just because I love you, all right? Give me my numbers. Give me my guts. All right. Again, this love and relationship segment is coming from Cosmopolitan.com. And we're going to discuss something that is in the vein of me. I believe in karma. I believe in my life is abundant and it's clear it's because of the karma and the relationships that I have in my life. But this topic is everything you need to know about karmic relationship. It's more than just a sense of deja vu, although that is involved. Now, what I mean by karma and karmic is like, um, I believe in not just, you know, you do right by people and it comes back to you. It's so much more than that. Karma is... It's everything. It's a ripple. It's, it's It affects the relationship, the people that come in and out of your relationships, the lessons that you're taught, the, the things that you go through. So, but anyway, the article says, if you've ever felt a strange sense of deja vu when you're with someone that you can't quite explain, you may feel like you're in a karmic relationship. A karmic relationship is defined as a relationship that brings to light issues from another lifetime. Um, Brisha Wade, a grief counselor and author of the upcoming book, Grieving While Black, explains the belief behind karmic relationship is that they reflect a soul connection from a past life with the understanding that there is still some unfinished business that needs to happen in this life. Add Samora Super, relationship expert. Okay, first a little background. The idea of karmic relationships comes from the Hinduism and Buddhism as Anjali. Angela Maya Singh Bice, a psychologist and trauma specialist, explains. And while the word karma, when used colloquially, like saying karma's a bitch, often leads to a negative interpretation of the meaning, it is important to remember that the actual meaning of karma is meant to be seen as strictly impartial, they said. This is important context to have a karmic relationship are not inherently negative, positive, romantic, or platonic, but more about the unresolved issues. Mm. Meaning whether you wind up with the person forever or not, you are in for a ride from a past life. What those issues are will differ from person to person. Another thing to keep in mind, not all who practice this Hinduism believe in today's understanding of karmic relationships, which is oversimplified, says Lucretia Hayes, a mystic healer. If you're wondering if you're in a karmic relationship right now, you or you've had one in the past to know or want to know what to look for in the future, we'll explain karmic relationships with these helps of these some of these experts. So what is a karmic relationship? A karmic relationship essentially serves as a mirror, as Bess explains. This means it can be both good or bad, depending on whatever issues the relationship is meant to teach you. While you can also believe your karmic relationship partner is your soulmate, you'll likely need to face some challenges together in order for it to be considered a true karmic relationship. Why karmic relationships are not all sunshine and roses. As Shasta Townsend, a sex and relationship expert, explains. Instead, she asks, these relationships are the ones that reveal all your stuff, i.e. any traumas or issues you need to work out in order to become a better version of yourself as well as reflecting your greatness. How do you know if you're in a karmic relationship? 
You're likely to feel very strong feelings for one another, whether though those are good or bad. You might feel like you've known this person your whole life, despite only really meeting them very recently. Super says, you might also experience deja vu together, have emotional memories or ties that seem to predate the current relationship, have difficulties relating to one another that seem to pop up randomly over seemingly nothing and experience mental and emotional pain at the thought of letting your partner go, matched only by the pain of staying. Hayes adds, on the flip side, if you feel super strongly about them, but in a negative way, that could also be a sign it's a karmic relationship, according to Baze. You can absolutely have utter panic and hatred for someone who did nothing to you, she adds. At adding that if it is very strong relate adding that if it has is a very strong reaction and you can ascertain it is not triggering past trauma from the life, it is very likely a karmic relationship. Sometimes your gut does know what's best. Another sign of a karmic relationship is the intensity. Bias explains that while in karmic relationship, you are also likely to go deep and go high and with both gut-wrenching euphoric highs that outdo any past relationships and the lessons that impart. It's just really, really strong initial attraction to someone considered a sign of karmic relationship. While the initial strong feeling is definitely a commonality in identifying karmic relationships, it's not as simple as super strong attraction one way or another equals karma. People often believe that strong attraction is karmic attraction, but that's not always the case, Hay says. In Hinduism, karma is seen as a tool of learning and evolution. How does karmic relationship differ from any other intense kind of relationship? The biggest difference between a karmic relationship and any other intense relationship is the feeling of powerlessness, Hayes explains. When in karmic relationships, you might feel like your partner is quite literally a piece of your own soul, which understandably would make ending things seem very difficult. If your body or soul senses this other person is part of you, your internal self-preservation would make it a damn near impossible to walk away from them. While ending a karmic relationship may be difficult, there's the motivating factor that you need to move on so badly that your soul is trying to teach you a lesson from another lifetime. Karmic relationships are notoriously hard to end or get rid of unless the karmic lesson is learned, Bice explains. Mm. If you've had intense relationships in the past, compare them with relationships you think may be karmic and see how they differ. And most non-karmic but still intense relationships, you might still you might stay together because of ego, pride, neediness, and codependency on the either partner's part. Hayes explains, whereas the karmic relationship, it's much deeper. So usually a person who has a previously never struggled with codependency would begin to experience within the relationship. Wow. That is intense. Like, I, you know, I knew I was in one. Um, My past, my ex, it was, it was hard to explain. Like, I, I felt like I met this motherfucker all my life. Like, it was, it was strong. It was, it was, and I feel like people always, it, it's so lame. Like, I feel like people always say, oh, we're in a karmic relationship. We, we've known each other all of our lives but this person really did teach me they were a mirror of all the trauma everything all my fears all my doubts all my pain all my glory all my tribulations all my highs all my lows like they were literally 
there to remind me it was that person had met me a month and knew everything about me because they were just like me and we they taught me lessons and I do believe that it's important to let those type of people go because if they come back they'll come back but it was hard that was that was the hardest relationship I think I've ever had to like break up with and um have you ever been in a cardinal relationship I know I, I know I have and I just explained and I explain it every week but it's it's intense. It's not codependency. It's not like, oh, I, sh I can't be with anybody else or I've spent so much time. It's when you really physically can't imagine your life without them. But let me know. What were some of your experiences in your karmic relationship? Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Or send me an email. Um, show at CarmineDavis.com or CarmineDavisShow at gmail.com. Let me know about your karmic relationships. I'll post it and let everyone know about it if you want me to. Um, but that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. This is another week, another down. We're going to make it. We're going to push through this pandemic together. All these horrible things that's going on in the world. But we have to be, we have, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be stronger. We're getting our wings and we will make it. Um, I love y'all. God bless y'all and I'll talk to y'all next week.